Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to yet another episode of the He Said, She Said podcast. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's been quite a morning. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Y'all, if we're nothing else, we try to be real on this podcast. We've had a bit of a complicated morning. <laughs> Josh is just staring at me like, <laughs> what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Listen, you know, when you've got these plans and these ideas in your brain of how things are going to go and they don't go, sometimes, you know, tempers flare. Let's Wait, just there be were no honest. tempers <laughs> flaring this morning. There hey, was misunderstandings on I both I am raising parts. my hand. I am the first to say that I had an idea of the way this morning was going to go. It didn't go that way, and I was acting like a baby. I will be the first to admit. Okay. I, we, we had some problems with the, the SD <laughs> cards and the things that we need for this podcast, some technical difficulties. Technical and, difficulties. Week four. Week and four? So, yes. Yeah. And so anyways, there was just a, a misunderstanding of right. the way that the morning would have gone. I, I think that it was a um, lack of communication, maybe early on. And then I think it was a bad response to... We don't need to digest this. A situation. I mean, dissect this. Digest this. We don't need to... I think we do need to digest this. I think we need to analyze what went wrong and admit our faults. And I want to say that I was acting like a big baby because I had an idea of the way my morning was going to go. And my morning was, it turned as it turned out, not going to go the way I had planned um, because of just a simple lack of communication, but that's okay. Anyways, we are and here. And I want to say I am. You don't need to apologize. Sorry. No, I do. Because I was acting ridiculous because it was not my morning. You know, you know, ladies and even guys, I mean, you know how when you, you have an idea of how something's going to go or you have your schedule planned out for the morning and something just throws a wrench into your plans and... You just have to learn to go with the flow. And I'm not that kind of person. I'm not a like go with the flow, it's okay kind of person. And I need to work on that. And I need to be. And I am sorry that I was being a big baby. You are not being a big baby, but you are forgiven for being a big baby. <laughs> um, Thanks. So anyway. Listen, have you guys ever had just a week where you're just in a funk? Like you just cannot get out of it? That has been like my week. I feel like I'm half asleep. Well, we it's been a very busy week for yeah, us, Yeah, it really has. We had a lot of things going back to back to back all weekend. And you know what? This weekend's going to be the same. But man, I was just, we recorded this podcast yesterday, and we're re-recording it um, due to um, just some technical difficulties. And um, 
Yeah, so yesterday, I think the podcast, I I tried to muster up as much energy and excitement as I could, and I just had a terrible case of the blahs. Like, I just couldn't, I was just like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, the Bible, yeah, and God. <laughs> yeah, anyways, it's just been one of those weeks that yeah. it's just been, it's been busy. It's kind of like, um, you know, we are getting back into our pre-COVID routine, which is a very busy, like we, we lead a pretty busy life. Yeah, we do. And um, and I'm just, I was talking to someone yesterday, I'm just thinking like we have to s- sit back and figure out a way to like minimalize and simplify and not slam our calendar so full. If any of you have helpful tips and tricks. As to how to manage a calendar, hey, I'm all about it because, man, I don't know how it happens, but it's like birthdays upon birthdays upon dinners upon, you know, I think part of it, honestly, is like, you know, when you actually start to think about it, when you're involved in a when you're involved heavily in a church, you have a family, you have an extended family. And so you want to be there for everybody's everything. You You want to be there for the, for the, to cry with people, to laugh with people, to, you know, celebrate with people. And that causes your calendar to kind of get filled up quickly. To kind of get filled up. And I don't want to be like that person that says, hey, you know, somebody says, you want to go to dinner? And I'm like, oh, let me check my calendar. Mm, we can have dinner in three months. <laughs> because but that's often, how, that's often how it is. Yeah, that really is. And I, I think we just need to maybe learn how to scale it back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because it has been a busy weekend. Actually, our oldest son had a birthday. Yeah, it's one of those moments in life where you begin to really realize I'm I'm getting up there in age we have a preteen in the house now i guess preteen is technically 10 to 13 or 12 or something like that so we've been in that stage and we've we've seen it a little bit um but (laughs) we we are officially now we have an 11 year old in the house and so brayden happy birthday to you um a few days ago yeah he turned 11 and um, I love his idea for what he wants to do for his birthday. Yeah, when your birthday is in February and it is freezing cold outside, your options are limited um, as to what kind of a birthday you want to have. And he actually wants to have like um, a football game with his friends and their dads. And hey, in February, we're not doing that. So I mean, we could. It would be like, could. you know, well, a couple of weeks ago, it, the weather's actually turning a little bit nicer over I'm the last so few days, which about is that. nice. But, yeah. you know, back when it was his birthday, that we still had some snow and ice on the ground. So it would have been like the ice bowl. Yeah, the ice bowl. Yeah. But but we ha- we decided just to have a couple friends spend the night and um, just do it like on the down low. And then he's going to have his birthday later when it warms up so that we can have this father-son football game for his little birthday celebration. Yeah. So at one of his big accomplishments that he's already had as, a, as an 11-year-old is that we actually allowed him to babysit his brother's I don't know if babysit is the right. If, word. I don't know if babysit is the right word. We allowed him to stay home and watch his watch his little brother um, the other day just Listen, for a few minutes. He is eleven. He is actually pretty dependable and responsible. We have a nine year old 
who is like a little old man in a kid's body. <laughs> he is he is awesome too. They're both responsible. So I was I said, okay, you know, I go- I did all the googling like I always thought, honestly, I always thought that the law was they had to be 12 years old to stay by themselves. And so I'm like, is that true? I'm googling and I'm finding out that there really is no law. And um I thought, you know what, with these two, with their powers combined, remember Captain Planet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With their powers combined, they could watch the littlest one. Well, I ran to the church and picked up their dad from work and um, ran back. We live about maybe six, seven minutes from the church. So at the most, I was going to be gone 15 minutes. He about died. He about died when I told him, all right, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to leave you. And he's like, Mom, Mom, I don't know. Is it against the law, Mom? He was freaking out when I first, like, a, like gave him the idea that I would possibly do this. Because he is a very, very cautious child. Um, and he's a worrier. So he's, like, I don't know that he's going to want you saying this again. No, I think he would be fine with it. I don't think so. Yeah, he's cautious and he's a worrier because he's just like you. Yes, that is true. I was I was a worrier when I was when I was little. Um, there was a time where <laughs> I I uh, and, and this is going to sound super dramatic, but there was a time where I my parents had gone to Mexico on a mission trip. They left me behind, and I remember vividly standing at my grandmother's front door, looking out. <laughs> And into thinking the into the front yard, yeah, <laughs> and thinking, are my mom and dad okay? <laughs> but uh, I mean, that was kind of crazy. I, we didn't have cell phones back then. There was no FaceTime or any of that. And, um, and how yeah, old obviously you, they were fine. I was probably around, I don't know, ten or eleven. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, probably around that age, maybe a and, little bit and younger. And so this is our child. And so I had to like assure him everything is going to be okay. Like, this is what you do in an emergency, and I'm going to be gone no more than 15 minutes. And so I ran to get Josh, and then I came back, and everybody was alive, thankfully. I was, like, yeah, but as wondering soon as what you, I was going to find. As soon as you had left the house, what happened? Yeah, apparently, Carter accidentally smashed Kobe's finger in the door right after they waved goodbye to me. And closed the door. Kobe's finger was smashed immediately in the door. And um, he was crying and crying. Brayden is trying to console him. And I said, so what did you do, buddy? I mean, his you, he hurt his finger. What did you do? Did you get him some ice? And he said, uh, no. I said, well, what did you do? I just uh, put him on my lap. And then I said, do you want some cheese? <laughs> <laughs> the way to a man's heart is through food and <laughs> they already understand that i said you said do you want some cheese you smashed your finger oh do you want some cheese and we've been laughing about that this whole weekend Brayden, and it actually worked i mean Kobe it really was, did Kobe was fine he and... was fine but Braden and i have been just dying laughing over that the whole weekend you smashed yeah. your finger oh you want some cheese <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah, speaking of getting old, I was thinking back about our wedding. Yes. It was my dream wedding, y'all. I always wanted to get married outside, and I wanted to have my reception in a big 
white tent like on father of the bride i don't know what it was about that big white tent in the backyard of their house at uh, on that movie but i always always wanted to have a, a big white tent and i was thinking back on our wedding now our our wedding was our anniversary is uh, I'm just kidding. It's June 10th. <laughs> I was going to say, June you know 10th, when it is. 2006. 2006. Six. We moved here. Yes. No, wait. Yeah. 2006. And um, I did. We had our wedding outside on a golf course. Which is kind of funny because, like, I tell people today that I got married on a golf course. And I, I love golf. I'm not good at it, but I enjoy doing it. <laughs> he really does. And back then, like, I didn't even, I don't know, honestly, when we got married, I had never even played a round of golf. And so it had no significance to me back then. The golf course did Yeah, except for the fact that this was the only venue that would allow us, like, to have 250 to 300 people in an outside venue. Like, yeah. it was the only place that said... Yeah, you can do that here. And we did it next to a pond by some willow trees. So it wasn't like we were on a golf course. Yeah, it wasn't like we were on the 18th like, tee box and yeah. you know, golf golf balls were. And golf carts are like yeah. zooming around us. It was not like that at all. And then we um, had our reception in, you know, in June, just so everybody knows, it is hot in Virginia. It can be warm. Even if you are having your wedding at 5 o'clock in the evening and having dinner and it's going to be nighttime when you leave, it is still going to be hot. Yeah. So I really had my heart set on this big white tent. And, you know, the Lord really provided that because I didn't think I was going to find it. And I thought, man, it's going to be hot. But the place where we I've got married. I've never seen Father of the Bride. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. It's it's on, people. <laughs> this weekend. It's on. I don't are, know about that. We are. Well, yeah, we're going to be busy. But, um, yeah, so in, in Father of the Bride, she has this reception in this big white tent, and there's, like, flowers, and it's just really pretty. And, um, yeah, so I didn't think I was going to find that. And then I just thought it through, like, is it really even practical to have your reception in a big white tent in June in Virginia? It is hot. But you know what the yeah, Lord did? they had AC, right? Yeah, yeah. like – the Lord provided this. We got married at Ford's Colony in Williamsburg. We got married on the golf course next to the pond by some willow trees. We had this really beautiful trellis covered in peonies and hydrangea and eucalyptus and roses. It was gorgeous. And then we had our reception um, at the country club there, at, at the country club, right? And it was a big white tent. But it was enclosed in glass, attached to the side of the country club. But it was it was a big white tent. And it was it had AC and there were bathrooms. So like all my wildest dreams came true. I didn't even know that existed. Like I don't I, I don't remember any of those details. That is ridiculous. <laughs> do you do you even know how much planning? The only thing that I remember about that that event that wedding day was like when you rolled up in the limo oh. and got out of the limo and just remembering and thinking how beautiful you were on that day yeah you guys he cried when I he did saw cry me. I did cry and I'm not sure that there was a dry eye anybody that saw it I'm not sure there was a dry eye in the whole like audience in the yeah. whole congregation all right, enough reminiscing on that. No, I think no. they're probably No, I have to like, say one more okay, thing. Okay, that's enough. No, one more thing. Yes. The other thing I remember from our wedding day, the food. 
Oh my goodness. The food was now we we've told you guys before. I Danielle hates it when I say this, but we are foodies. We yeah. enjoy food a lot. <laughs> um the food at I that might have been what like launched our foodiness. I was gonna say, I think we should have known then that this was going to be like one of the major foundations of our marriage life, the Lord and food. If you are getting ready to get married, I know know for a fact that there are several people that listen to this podcast that are preparing to get married, um, the Reigns family, uh, a few of them. And so um, if you are preparing to get married, we got a wonderful piece of advice before we got married about our reception, and that was sit down alone and enjoy your dinner or enjoy those moments at the reception with one another for a few minutes because what often happens at a wedding reception is you're busy greeting your guests and that's important and I think there's a time that that needs to happen but we sat down and we ate the meal and just enjoyed it and it was it was great advice well you guys my mom and dad did go all out like it was unheard of at the time to not do your wedding at the church and have your reception in the gym but my parents like were so gracious and so kind and my mom said you know you waited a very long time to marry this boy you went to college you did what I asked you to do wait did she call me a boy I'm probably I mean you were I was a man. Think about the pictures, babe. You <laughs> look back now and Whatever. you look like a boy. Um, and so she allowed me to really have the wedding of my dreams, what I wanted. And it was not cheap to have that reception at that country club. And so we knew how much each person was costing her. And we had determined we are going to eat this food and we are going to enjoy it. We are going to get our money's worth. It was Italian. Josh loves Italian. And it was delicious. It was amazing. And that was a great piece of advice because we did. We were able to sit down. We got our food first. We sat down. We enjoyed that meal together with our friends. And then we and then we were done. We had plenty of time to like the, get up. The and other people. great piece of advice that we got was yeah. do not – do the old tradition where everybody bangs on the side of the glass oh, and then yeah. you kiss each time. It was yeah, set a, cheap. like this is incredible, set a, like a goldfish bowl or something in front of you. And then whenever people want to force the bride and groom to kiss at the reception, they have to come and put money in the goldfish bowl. And I love that you call it a goldfish bowl. Well, whatever it was. <laughs> it was a jar. It was a jar. I think, didn't we use a goldfish bowl? I'm though? pretty sure we so, did. I mean, what an incredible, we made like a few hundred dollars that like we took with us on maybe? our honeymoon and were able to have us spending money on our honeymoon. Yeah, that, it, that so, was such a great piece Again, of those of you that are preparing to get married in the next couple of, of months or even the next year or so, just take those two pieces of advice. Yeah. And that was worth the price that you paid to listen to this episode. Yes. Which you will You will make your money back <laughs> 500-fold if you get 500 bucks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I want to share with you guys um, the vows that I read to Danielle on our wedding day. And this has a purpose because really I think what, um, what we want to talk about today is the husband's responsibility uh, to his wife. We talked a couple, episodes about, uh, a couple episodes back about expectations in marriage and the unmet expectations that we have coming into marriage and often how those cause strife and complication in our marriages. So there are some biblical expectations that we can have of our spouse though. And we want to start with the husband. Because really, the husband is the leader of the home, and that's one of the biblical expectations. And so let me read my vows 
once again to you, Danielle. Aww. And we're we're not like officially renewing our vows here, but I guess kind of. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, my dad actually did our performed our ceremony, and so that was really neat. But yeah, and he um, actually still had on his computer a copy of the exact words that we said to each other with our names in it. He. He had our vows on his computer, and he sent them to me in like two point five seconds. Like he's amazing. Yeah. So, so the vows that we that we took were were the traditional vows that you know that that I guess most people take in their their wedding ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will write their own. We took the traditional vows, which say this: Will you love her, honor her? This is my dad asking me this question: Will you love her, honor her? Keep her in sickness as in health and poverty as in wealth and forsaking all others. Keep her, keep yourself unto her only as long as you both sh- shall live. Do you so promise? And of course, my response was, I do. And then here was the vows that I said to her to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until death do us part. And the reason I wanted to read those is because really when we think about what love is, Because one of our responsibilities, and the first one that we're going to talk about, is our responsibility as a husband to love our wife. Now, love, the word, can be be defined as a sacrificial commitment for the good of another. And really, that's what our marriage is. The essence of marriage, if you follow along on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the he said, she said podcast, little plug there for our Facebook page. If you follow along there, you, you'll see that quote. It's, it's one of the quotes that we put on there, that the essence of marriage is a sacrificial commitment for the good of another. And my responsibility as a husband is to love my wife. In fact, the Bible tells me in Ephesians chapter five, verse 25, it says this, husbands, Love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And so what other um, characteristics, maybe is a good word, does love bring into, what other dynamics, maybe, does love bring into a husband and a wife relationship? Well, I think part of loving my wife is showing her the respect that she deserves. Right, and that is in your vows, Um, you know, you're, you promise to love her first, then you promise to, to honor her. And I think that honor carries with it the idea of respect. Sure. Re- respect is having due regard for the feelings, wishes, rights, or traditions of another person, to take them into consideration. In First Peter 3, 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Okay, that's an, that's an awesome verse. So let's break it down a little bit. We're going to talk about dwelling together with, with our spouses um, with knowledge in uh, probably the next episode. But today I want to kind of break down some other parts of that verse. So I, I think we ought to show our spouses the respect, our, our wives as, as men. We ought to show our wives the respect that they deserve as just another human being. Like God created them and they are equal. They, they're, not, they're, they're not my servant. They're not somebody that I look to as or, or treat as a servant of mine. Um, the, the Bible does call her the, the weaker vessel in that verse that you just read, Danielle. Right. Um, the Bible does say that that the the wife is the weaker vessel, but that doesn't mean that she's weaker spiritually. 
It doesn't mean that she's weaker emotionally. It doesn't mean that she's weaker in those areas. It's talking about uh, the, the physical makeup of a man and a woman. Right. And I think that that is true and something that we need to remember. I, I've known lots of um, people, married couples, um, maybe whose husbands don't, don't go to church um, and maybe whose wife carries the, the spiritual brunt um, and the responsibility for taking care of that for their family and for their children. Um, so it, it's important to remember that sometimes um, the woman in the relationship is stronger spiritually, um, or she might even be stronger intellectually. Um, she, might, she might be re- stronger in many different ways, it, and, and, and there's value in that. Yeah, and and I think it's important for us to point out at this point, too, though, that as husbands, especially as Christian husbands, our responsibility is to lead. So our, our, we should be the ones, <clears throat> excuse me, that are carrying the spiritual load Absolutely. for our family. Absolutely. And we should be the ones that are, you know, that, that are leading our family in the right way to grow closer to Christ and to, to grow, you know, in their relationship with the Lord. And so, when I think about the, the other thing that I think about in that verse, at the end of the verse, it says that we're heirs together, right? Right. First Peter 3, 7. Heirs together of the grace of life. We're heirs together of the grace of life. And you know what I love about that is that tells me that this, that was my chair squeaking, if you heard that. That was weird. <laughs> um, but anyways, this tells me that that we are, as as husband and wife, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and, and God loves her and has redeemed her, and she is his own. She is his child. And I have a responsibility then as her husband to care for her as my sister in Christ. And I believe that if I can view my spouse as my sister in Christ, if I can really get a hold of that truth, that it can revolutionize the way that I choose to treat her. Because now she's, she's my ministry. Now God has given her to me as a as a ministry. Right. And and I'm not sure if you said this, but you know, as heirs together, we are of equal importance. Now, we do have different roles and we do have different responsibilities, but we are equally important um to the Lord and in his eyes um in the context of marriage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're equal in importance and we're equal in spiritual significance. Absolutely. Um so so I, I think understanding that part of loving my wife is showing her the respect that she deserves. Now, how, do, how does this practically... Well, that's what I was going to say. What does that look like? Yeah, how does this practically play out in our marriages? So I think part of it is in our speech, right? And, right. and, and speaking um, to our, our wives in a way that is respectful. So even even the actual tone in which we speak and the volume in which we speak and it's not you know we're not we're not yelling at our spouses we're not we're not you know um, using harsh words with them right we talk a lot in our family about soft words and hard words um, we try to use soft words we try we're not we perfect. do try to use soft words um, but I think it's even more so than just not yelling and just not screaming there is an attitude. Um, of respect, it's it's like not speaking someone um, to someone dismissively right. or um, with disdain. It, it's like a lot of times I think that we are subtle about how we're disrespectful to someone else, 
and we make snide remarks or we make little jabs. And um, so I think it's more than just don't yell and scream at your spouse. Um, it's basically having an attitude of respectfulness toward her. And in the way that you manifest that in your speech is just by um, making sure that your, your speech is seasoned with salt. Yeah, and not only does it show up in our speech, it shows up in our actions as well. Right. And so just showing the the my, my wife the respect that she deserves in my actions is important too. Right, like how? Like, um, I don't know, you know, holding doors. Oh, and, holding uh, doors. <laughs> <laughs> I hold the door for you. Um... I do hold the doors for you. Okay, I think you hold the door for yourself, but you don't you don't let it slam on me. <laughs> I certainly never let it slam. You on don't you. let it slam on me. You hold the door for yourself as you walk through, and then I walk through as I hold that's the not, door. For that's not always true. <laughs> that is sometimes true. Yeah, I remember uh, when we were in college, and I would see like these young and in love couples. And by the time we went to college, y'all, we had been together. I mean, especially at the end, like eight years we had been together. Yeah. Um, so we had been together for a long time and we kind of grew up together. Y'all know that. Um, but I would see these new couples and I would see this, this boy and he would, he would open the door for his, 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 I, I wanted to say I spouse, but too. I'm wrong. His girlfriend. No, no. I remember the conversation <laughs> distinctly from coming from the commons. We went to Pensacola. Coming from the commons, the back way toward the four winds, there was a set of double doors. And I remember having this conversation. Babe, why don't you hold the door for me? All these other guys are holding the doors for these girls. And you said, you have two arms and two okay, legs. I was, <laughs> listen, that was years ago. I was, I was young. I was dumb. <laughs> My mind has since changed, and I did say those words. You did. But for those of you that are out there now just hating on me right now, <laughs> and I know that I'm going to hear it from some, some of the women in our church now. Thank you, Danielle, because I've already heard a lot about funeral flowers over the oh last couple my. weeks. Um, hey, man. You but brought it I did, on yourself. <laughs> I did say those things, but I understand that that was young and unwise, unwise. Josh. Young and um, unwise Josh. Yes. And now I'm much older and not much wiser. Uh, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I do think it's important for us to show respect. Yeah. And, and I, I think I think that this would be a good place to even talk about, um, you know, ladies, let us do that for you. Sure. Because I, I think in, in, in our culture, as we continue to move, you know, away from gender roles and as our culture attempts to redefine uh, what what the traditional roles are that there's there's an element of well I can do this on my own I can open my own door I can you know do things for myself and we understand that as as men we understand that but we want to show you the respect that we believe that you as as a woman deserve and so let us let us do that for you I think that's a good um a, a good thing for us to recognize. So show her the respect that she deserves, but then also show her the appreciation she deserves. Now, to me, this all falls under love. My love for you is going to cause me to respect you. It's going to cause me to appreciate you. So Proverbs chapter 18, uh, verse number 22, the Bible says this, whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Stop. I am a good <laughs> Thing. Oh my goodness! Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you are a good thing. Oh, you are you. an amazing thing. Um, I am getting these. 
I'm just going to say it. I'm getting these cards every day, you guys. Every day-ish. Every day-ish. Sometimes he texts them the to me. The thoughts are coming every day. They might not translate onto paper, but then you might get it the next day. Yeah. And he just says every day one reason that he is one reason he one loves reason me. I love you yeah yes. and so so you're getting we we told we told we told them about this in the on the Valentine's episode but from Valentine's Day after like that Monday after Valentine's Day through our anniversary there's 115 June days June 10th yep. yeah and so in those 115 days she's getting one way I love her each each of those days I am it is filling my love bucket can yeah. I just say thanks that? thanks for the idea uh Mandy I appreciate that. <laughs> um, anyways, um, okay. So um, we, I, I, I show her the respect she deserves. I show her the appreciation she deserves. How do I do that? How do I show her the appreciation that I deserve? Well, I think first of all, I have to recognize that it, that she is a good thing. I mean, that's that, yeah, that's what appreciation means. Right. It is to recognize the full worth of. Yeah, sorry, I'm taking a sip of my coffee. You ended that sentence a little too soon. So anyways, <laughs> I did it on purpose. No, I, I did not just recognize kidding. the full worth <laughs> of. So understand that God has given me a gift. And my wife is a gift from God. And I think when I can really understand just how much of a gift she is, then it helps me to show that appreciation to her even more. Right. So how do I show appreciation to my spouse? Well, I think that's going to differ, but Danielle, I think you have a, because you are a, a wife, you have a unique perspective on this. So I think it would be better for you to maybe explain how you receive appreciation, understanding though, men, that your wife might receive her appreciation differently than Danielle does. Yeah. When you asked me this question initially, um, I had to think about it for a minute. Um, now you know, you know my love language is gifts. But I think that for me, while that shows love, it it is actually really important to me to hear you say the words of appreciation um, when you recognize that I've done something or when you do appreciate. I think sometimes we do appreciate what the other spouse does, but we're not intentional about letting them know that. Yeah, I think that is most often the case. Yeah. It's not that I don't appreciate when you clean the house or that I don't appreciate when you do the laundry or that I don't appreciate when you, you know, when when you help our kids with their homework. Right. But it's that I don't often verbalize those things. Right. And and you know, honestly, there have been times where, you know, y'all know that I'm not a good housekeeper. That I I try my very best. Be gracious with yourself. Well, we had this thank, conversation thank in the you, last you, babe. Um I I try my best, but I'm not that great at it. And some but some days I'm like, I'm gonna do it. Like I'm feeling motivated. I'm gonna clean my room top to bottom. And and I'm doing it for him and I think he's going to be so happy he's going to be pleased like he really likes for the house to be like super clean and then sometimes you'll come in and you won't say anything or sometimes and it's joking maybe sometimes but you're like oh you couldn't do the laundry today and I'm like look at the room it's always joking <laughs> or I come in and I say What'd you do today? It is uh. the worst. Seriously. That is the worst question you could ever ask a stay-at-home mom. But I, I think it is important that we become intentional about communicating this to our spouse. 
in a way that that they can feel that appreciation. Yeah, in a way that they receive it. Yeah, and I I think that's a part of love. It's a part, and it's really a part of dwelling with our spouse according to knowledge, um, in First Peter three seven. So um, show her the respect she deserves. Show her the appreciation she deserves, but then also be gentle with her, be caring with her. And, and you know, I think this goes back to again that First Peter three verse where it talks about her being the weaker vessel. Like be not just physically gentle. Obviously, that would be the case, but be gentle with your words. Be gentle with the way that that you treat your spouse. And so Colossians chapter three, um, verse number nineteen says this. It says, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Don't be harsh with them. Don't, don't, we already talked about speaking with them harshly, but be gentle and caring with them. I think we saw this personified and exemplified um, really over the last seven years, but it kind of came to, um, came to the surface, you know, in a big way this week, we, Danielle and I, um, went to a viewing on Monday night for, uh, a, a dear lady in our church. And then Tuesday morning we went to her funeral, but, um, this man and woman had been married for 20 years almost, but for the last seven years of her life, she, she had a stroke about seven years ago. So for the last seven years of her life, um, she really was, she needed her husband to, care for her in everything. Mm. And I'm telling you guys, week after week after week, you would come to church and faithfully you would see Brother Woody sitting there with his wife in the back of the church, arm around her, helping her to read her Bible, carry or bringing her bringing her in by her, you know, just just holding her arm, helping her to get where she needed to go. Um, we, we wouldn't have seen this, but even at home, you know, even taking care of her to the point where he's feeding her. I mean, just a wonderful example and picture of what love is. Yeah, it, it, it was. And I've heard countless people say it, you know, and some people who didn't even know Miss Lilia before she had her stroke. Just say what a beautiful testimony that that was to see him. He was so gentle. He was so caring. He was so sweet um, with her and patient. And um, it, was, it, it was a testimony. It was a true testimony. His actions spoke way louder than his words. Yeah, I, I think something that, that Pastor Skelly said in the, in the funeral, uh, the, the, the message that he preached at the funeral was that every Sunday, Brother Woody preached a message with his life. He preached a message that was much louder than the message many times that was coming from the pulpit because of the example that he left for us about love and what true love looks like and, and just commitment, dedication, and being gentle with your spouse. Right. And I think that being gentle is sometimes seriously overlooked. You know, I've said it before, familiarity breeds contempt, and we're not always um you know, gentle with one another because, hey, he can take it or she can take it and they know me. And um, I think that being gentle manifests itself in a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's show her the respect she deserves, guys. Let's show her the appreciation she deserves. Let's be gentle with her, but let's praise her. Proverbs 31 verses 28 and 29 say this, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. 
Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Wow. Praise here means to shine, to be clear, to boast, to make a show, to celebrate, to commend. It's almost to the like point of foolishness. It is praising your wife. Yeah, and it's doing it on purpose. It's like making a big deal out of it. And you know, the the big point that I want to bring out here, especially because it's what it says in Proverbs 28, that her children rise up and call her blessed. Like all of these things that we're talking about today, should should be done, but we should do them in front of our kids too, because our kids need to see us as husbands respecting their mom. Our kids need to see us as husbands praising her and being gentle with her and showing her the appreciation that she deserves because we are really like, we're, we're setting a huge example for them. Right. And I think about us and our boys and what what kind of marriages and what kind of families that I want them to have. And I think about, like, are we exemplifying that? Yeah, and they're not going to see that from the movies they watch and from the – they're not going to learn that from our culture. Like, the, the, what they're going to learn from our culture is is the exact opposite of that. And so I think it's incredibly important that we praise our wives in front of our kids and, and um, that we praise them to their face – that we praise them behind their back, that we praise them on purpose. Yeah, I I love I love how you say that behind her back. And I you know, usually when we talk about talking about um, speak of talking about someone behind their back, we are talking about it negatively. But man, what a an a great thing it would be if you spoke well, if you praised her behind her back. When she's not even there and she doesn't even know that you're doing it, but you're speaking well of her when she's not around. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's praise our wives, guys. Let's praise our wives. Let's respect them. Let's appreciate them. Be gentle towards them. But then in Ephesians chapter four, um, it encourages us to build up, to edify them. Now, this isn't a verse that is specific to marriage. But I think it's a verse that we can make application to our marriages. Let no corrupt communication in verse 29 proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And so this word edify, it has the idea in the Greek, actually, it translates specifically to building up a house. And so as a husband, I have the responsibility, and we're going to talk about this at great, in great detail um, in our next episode, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I have the responsibility of building her up spiritually, and that's really the idea of edifying someone, teaching them spiritually and helping to build them up spiritually. And as a husband, I have the responsibility to lead her in that way. Yeah, and I think a couple of ways you can do this is is to encourage or to lead by example. But as you said, we'll discuss those yeah. in the next podcast. So then the last couple, um, I think we have the responsibility of physical affection and intimacy. Now, this comes pretty easily. This is Josh's love language. Yes, physical touch is my love language. So this comes pretty easily easily for, for me specifically, but I think just for men in general. But we have this biblical calling, this biblical responsibility, both the husband and wife, to have a physical relationship. And I think that it goes um, further than, um, I don't know, like a sexual kind of physical contact. But sure, I think absolutely. Like... Just holding hands and um, just, you know, cuddling on the couch and just 
giving your wife a hug or giving her a kiss, um, I think that that goes goes a long way. Yeah, and again, doing that in front of your kids. It might gross them out. It grosses them like we, out. We love to kiss each other in front of our kids because then they're like closing their eyes and they're running away. And, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, so it's fun. But um, I think it's important for them to see that. It's right. important for them to see their mom and dad love each other. And, and I think, too, that some of us like to be touched or to touch more than other people. And... It could be a challenge for you to be on the receiving end of somebody wanting to hug you or kiss you or hold your hand all the time. But if if your spouse needs that, I mean, that's something that you have to um, make allowances for. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So the physical affection. Last one is this. Focus on her. Focus on her. Um, Proverbs chapter five really gives us a, a wonderful example of this. Um, the, the passage is, is about, it's really, um, a dad speaking to his son. I mean, that's all of Proverbs, but, and, and encouraging him to stay away from strange women, to focus on the, the woman that God has given to him. Yeah. And, and in this, just in all honesty, like in our house where you have the TV and you have all the things that you need to do for your day. And when you just get a half a minute and can sit down, a lot of us just stick our faces in our phones and, you know, you're like, I just want some me time. I just want to veg out. And so you're on social media. Like there are so many distractions that maybe aren't necessarily bad things, but they distract us from the best things. Yeah, yeah. And so I think a part of focusing on her, aside from, you know, keeping keeping your eyes on your wife and not, you know, allowing them to, as Proverbs 5 encourages, to, to focus on other women, is just listening to her. Right. And so listen to her. James, James chapter 1, verse 19, you know, talks about listening to her intently. Now I know that's not a, a specific verse to marriage, but it's a good a, a good verse for all of us to listen intently, listen humbly, and listen actively. Right, you have to be intentional. Um, it it is very easy to let your mind wander or to be thinking about the next thing. I think we talked about that in our last podcast. But you have to be intentional when you listen, when you when you are having a talk or a discussion. You have to give her your full attention and ladies you have to give him you have to do the same thing you have to give him your full attention without thinking about this is the next thing I'm going to say but I think it goes more to focusing on her goes more um it goes beyond I should say than just when you're talking to each other um you know you you focus on the things that are important to you Mm -hmm. and so having um just that idea or remembering her throughout the day or taking her into consideration when you're doing this or when you're doing that or thinking about her when you're at the store and what might she might like or what she might need without her asking i mean those are all those are all little things but they go a very long they do they go a long way i mean i feel like love in general is not shown in these big grand gestures Love in general is shown in the everyday, little, mundane, tiny moments in every little interaction. Um, that's where you build the foundation. That's where you um, establish your relationship. Right. 
So husbands, one of our major responsibilities is to love our wife. And I'll close it by saying this. Remember that God gave you them as a gift. We talked about that earlier. But in Genesis chapter 2, when God ordained marriage, when God created Eve, he said that he had created Eve as Adam's helpmeet. It was not good that he should be alone. And so he gave him this gift of a woman that he could take as his wife. And so understand that God has given us these, these women in our lives, husbands, to help us. And we ought to value that. We ought to place great value on that. Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. Husbands, you've found a good, a, a good thing. And so value that good thing that you've found. I'm a good thing. You are an amazing thing. Yes. I love you. I love you too. Hey, listen. Um, we want we we'd like to give away a book, yeah, a, let's a book do that. that that we have really enjoyed. It's called "What Did You Expect?" It's a book by Paul Tripp. Now, if you already have this book and you want to participate in the giveaway, you can still participate. We'll get you a different book. Um, yes. Yes. So the way to enter this giveaway is to twofold two things. First thing review our podcast on whichever venue is that the right word i don't even know platform Platform, that's the word whichever platform that you listen to our podcast review the podcast and then also share this episode or your favorite episode yeah share an episode uh this week and let us if you'll do us this favor let us know that you did whether you contact us you know through facebook or send us a message on the the he said she said podcast facebook page you know i think it would be more simple we're just gonna make a giveaway we'll just do that look for the giveaway photo on our facebook page and comment underneath once you have reviewed and shared. There we go. Yeah. That is going to be the simplest way for us to keep track of this. And can you tell this is our first giveaway? Because we're just <laughs> we're making it up on the fly. Seat of our pants. Yeah. That's so what we're doing. We, we want to give that book to somebody. It's but a, we it's, do. it's an amazing book. It's a great book. resource. Um, and, you know, I, I it's an easy read, uh, but it's a fun read. You and your spouse could read it together. And listen, if you're getting ready to get married, it's it's you need it. You need that book. And also, um, I want to mention this. Our friends do this. If you're going to read a book together, my friends read a book. I just love this idea. They read a book together. They and Not like together, together, but they each read the same book. Yeah, in then, a month. Then they come together on a date night and they discuss the book. The book is not always about marriage. I think some of them are, but... Um, I just think that's a great idea. So, hey, make a habit. I have other friends who do the same thing. They read in bed every night together. Make a habit of reading good books together. Yeah. So do that for us. Go If you haven't liked the Facebook page, go and like it. Facebook.com forward slash the He Said, She Said podcast. Also, homework. Last time was? Last time was go on a date. Nope. Right? Oh, it was love. Uh, talk about how you, how can, you serve can love your spouse, your spouse serve better. Serve your spouse better. And we this have- week... He's all Lots jumbled. of different people He's doing homework. He's jumbly so. right now. <laughs> we have a lot of irons in the fire. So, yes, last week your homework was find out one way you could serve your spouse. And this week your homework is how can I love my spouse better? Ask yourself that question. And also, if you get the chance, go on a date. Yeah, absolutely. It, go to the Facebook page too. There's a there's a question on there. The question of the week: um, What is one way that that God has taught you, or one thing that God has taught you about serving your spouse? And just 
have a conversation on there. We, we want to create some conversation. So listen, thanks so much for joining us. We're so glad that you have, have found us on whatever platform you're using. And we look forward to being with you again next time. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.